We are in our the study of the judges of Israel, and a couple weeks ago we started in on Gideon, and uh, there's quite a bit here with Gideon, so we're going to spend this week and next week, and we'll see what happens after that, but we'll be on Gideon for a little bit. But uh, before we get into Gideon, uh, have you ever had a time when something happened and you missed it? You just missed out. Uh, have you ever missed something? It just it just went on by and, and you happened to miss it. That doesn't happen quite as much as it used to. Um, at least I don't think so. I think of uh, TV. And, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, you know, if there was a show that you loved to watch and it was on every Friday at 7 p.m. or whatever time, you had to be there Friday at 7 p.m. to watch the show. Uh, if you weren't sitting there on the couch with the TV on and everybody quiet at that moment, you missed it. If, if you got home late, if you went out to dinner that day, you would miss it. it there wasn't this DVR stuff that we have nowadays. Uh, there wasn't streaming services. If you would have, when I was a kid, if you would have said, oh, yeah, you watch TV on the Internet, I would have thought you're crazy, you know. Uh, there's just so many options, and everybody records everything. So even if you do miss something, you miss a kid's uh, program or sporting event, somebody there got it on camera, and you'll be able to watch it. So we don't miss things quite as much as we used to. Um, I think of, like, um, the Black Friday sales, you know. If you're not there in the store, you know, in line, at like, you know, whatever time it is that you got to be there for that thing. Uh, and it's gone when you get there. You missed it. It's gone. You can't get it. They're not going to say, yeah, come back next week when we give you this amazing deal. No, you missed it. Uh, I also think of uh, Marshall loves these bad guy books. And uh, we would go and try to get them in the store the day they're released. And half the time they're never in the store that day. Uh, so we were going to the store all the time looking for one of them. I can't remember which number it was. And uh, we eventually found it, and when we got there, there was one left. So uh, we were excited. We grabbed it. We bought that one, and uh, it was good because he didn't miss out on it. But I was thinking, you know, the next kid that's coming up looking for that, they missed it, you know. They, we got there first, and, and we bought it, and, you know, whoever comes up after us, they missed it then at that point. So some, sometimes uh, we just miss things. Sometimes things happen, and we just miss it. Now, we're going to look at this idea tonight a little later on in the message, uh, but I couldn't wait to get to this point. I couldn't talk about missing something at the end of the message because then the message is all done. Uh, I wanted to talk about it in the beginning. Uh, uh, I want to keep this on our mind now because God has prepared all of these words that are to be said tonight, and I don't want anyone here to miss what God has to say. The pastor even prayed that very thing in his prayer tonight. I feel like oftentimes God prepares the perfect message. And God has it specifically for each person that's going to be there. And, and, and for that moment that they're in the service, for them to hear that. And God has the perfect service picked out, the perfect message picked out, the perfect preacher picked out, probably me, right? Perfect preacher? Okay, maybe not. Uh, probably not me. Uh, but has a perfect preacher, a perfect message, a perfect time. We actually show up and God's getting excited and we're going to hear what he has to say. And then something happens and it gets a hold of our mind and we just get distracted. Maybe a kid makes a noise. Maybe a fire truck decides to go down the road with their sirens as loud as can be. Uh, maybe a phone rings. It's interesting when phones ring during service. 
Uh, you know, people don't hardly ever call me, and then all of a sudden the phone's vibrating during service. Uh, you know, we, we get to thinking about things in our head during the message. We think about the game that's coming up or yesterday's game. Uh, if you're me, you're probably thinking about food and what you're going to eat next because that's always in my mind. It's a battle. It really is. Uh, you know, that we're sitting here in church and God had it all perfectly planned out. And here I am daydreaming about popcorn when I get home. And five minutes goes by and, and I've heard everything that pastor said, but... I didn't really know what he said. I was there. It went in my ears, but my mind was somewhere else. I think there's too many times like this. Uh, I think God is watching from heaven. He sees me get distracted right when he's about to speak to me. And I, I can imagine just how sad God is at that moment and every time that that happens. And God's just sitting up there and he says, he just missed it. God had it all perfectly planned out. It was just about to happen. I get distracted and I miss it. So I say that, and we'll get to this a little bit more later tonight, but let's not miss it tonight. Uh, I promise that this will tie in with the message. It's not just a random thought, but uh, I thought it was so important. I needed it to say it now. It doesn't make much sense to talk about missing the message at the end, right? Uh, so let's not miss it tonight. And we'll see how uh, Gideon didn't miss it tonight. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we're going to look at Gideon talking with an angel. Gideon talking with an angel. We'll look at Judges chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 11. Judges chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 11. It says, And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was an Orpha, that pertained unto Joash the Abyssalite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told, of us, told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And we'll stop there for now. Uh, so we have here an angel, and Gideon's talking to this angel. And the angel has a message from God. And, and, and we see in verse 22, we'll read that now, verse 22. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. So Gideon here is talking to this angel from God. God made it clear to Gideon that it was God speaking through this angel. Uh, this is similar to how God speaks to us even still today. God uses servants of his to speak to his people. Uh, God does use his written word of God to speak to people as well. And God uses the Holy Spirit to, to move in our lives and speak to us as well. But God also uses his servants to speak to us. Uh, this 
message and every message that is preached here came, comes straight from God. Uh, we pray all the time that God speaks through us. Uh, we don't desire for us to speak to you guys. I really don't have that much to say to you. It probably wouldn't be that good anyways. So I desire for God to speak just using my voice. Uh, we desire God to speak to you through us. God chooses to use men of God and preachers and teachers of his word to speak to his children. Uh, this angel here in Judges chapter 6, he's a servant for God in this uh, capacity. This angel was told by God what to go and tell Gideon. This angel had God's message, and his job was to tell God's message to Gideon. Thankfully, this angel was obedient to God's will for his life, and the angel followed God's plan and served God how God wanted him to. Uh, We need to be like the angel. God gives us messages, and we need to go preach and teach that message that God gives us. Uh, Sometimes it's up front here preaching during a service. Uh, Sometimes God wants to use us in a classroom teaching. Sometimes it's just out in the public, out in the stores, the gas stations, in your workplaces, and God gives you a message to tell someone. Uh, God gives us all messages to preach uh, throughout our lives. One of the messages that God gives us is the message of salvation to tell to everyone, everyone we meet. Jesus says to preach to the whole world. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God desires for everyone to hear the gospel of salvation. Uh, God wants everyone to hear what Jesus Christ has done for him, how Jesus came and died uh, so that we could accept him as our personal savior. And we can then have the ability to go to heaven. Uh, All we got to do is ask Jesus to save us and trust him. Uh, That is one of the messages that God gives us to preach. Uh, That's one of the many messages. It's the most important message we have. Now, we have an angel here, and he has a message from God. So let's look at what the message from God is. Uh, So what is the message from God? Let's start looking at verse 12 and see what this message is. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. So the message is, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. That's how the message starts off here. Uh, This is the first thing that God wants Gideon to know. He wants Gideon to know that he is with him. Uh, God is with Gideon. And that would be wonderful words to hear from our Heavenly Father. And those words... Uh, are in the Bible for us as well. Deuteronomy 4.31, it says, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee. God won't forget about his children. First Samuel 12.22, it says, For the Lord will not forsake his people. And then Hebrews 13.5, it says, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And there are uh, many more verses we could look at. There's over a dozen that I could count of uh, times in God's word that God tells his children that he will not forsake them or he will not leave them. Uh, God wants to be there for us. If you are a child of God, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, God will not leave you. Uh, just like God told Gideon through this angel that he is with them and he will not leave Gideon. God has told us through his written word here, our Bible, 
that he is with us and he will not leave us. Knowing God is with us and won't leave us makes it so much easier to live, makes it so much easier to serve God and go and preach the messages that God tells us to preach and tell others of salvation. So God tells Gideon here that he will be with him. What else does God tell Gideon? Look at verse 14. It says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Uh, Gideon is told to go and save Israel. Uh, Gideon is given a very specific calling, a very specific job to do here. Uh, He has to go out and he has to save Israel from the Midianites. Now, this is obviously a very big task. It's a very big calling. Uh, But obeying God is big no matter what the calling is. Uh, John 6, 9, it says, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Now, this is when Jesus is going to feed 5,000 with these uh, couple fish and, and these uh, loaves of bread. And, and, and he's going to do this great miracle. All these people are there. They're all hungry and starving, probably. And, and I believe that they probably wouldn't even made it back home uh, without starving to death. And, and so then we have this lad and this little boy. And he's just got a couple uh, fish and five loaves of bread. And, and, but God had a plan for him. God had a job for this boy to do. This lad, it says in John 6, 9, he doesn't even get his name mentioned. He's just called a lad. He's, he doesn't even get his name mentioned. Uh, he doesn't get a standing ovation when it's all done. He doesn't get even more than one verse about him and his service to God. But it was huge. His job that he did for God was huge. Now, you might think all he really did was offer up some food. Well, praise God that he did. Uh, He was willing to serve God even in that little tiny way. Uh, That small act allowed thousands, uh, at least 5,000, many more, uh, to see the work of Christ. That little tiny job of this unnamed boy was very important. Now, I think of uh, when I first kind of got started in serving God, I was only about 12 years old, and I worked in junior church uh, in the church I grew up in. And I did two things in junior church. First, I did a puppet, and he was a pig, a, a real fun pig puppet. I had a lot of fun doing that. And the second thing I did was sweep the floors and mop the floors and set up chairs. Uh, and, and it, you know, sweeping floors and mopping floors, setting up chairs – that's not a real big job, right? You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, preaching. I wasn't a 12-year-old up there preaching. I wasn't doing amazing things. I wasn't a 12-year-old boy driving the school bus, picking up all the kids to bring into church. Uh, I was just sweeping the floor. I was mopping the floor, and I was setting up chairs. But it was important to do. If I didn't do that, the kids wouldn't have a classroom to come into, uh, or the classroom would, would look horrible after a couple weeks, and, and maybe some kids wouldn't come back, or parents wouldn't let their kids come back. So maybe all I did was sweep a floor and and mop a floor and set up some chairs, but it needed to be done because God wanted it done. It was part of God's plan. And and in that junior church program, there was hundreds of kids saved during the uh, six or so years that I was in that ministry. 
And, and all those kids got saved. And every single person involved in that ministry, no matter what you did, uh, it was important. Your job was important. God used small things uh, to make a big difference. Uh, so this message was from God and it was brought to Gideon by an angel. And, and we've looked at what this message is, what Gideon's supposed to go out and do. He's supposed to go and save Israel. Now let's look at Gideon's response to the message from God. Gideon's response to the message from God. First, we'll see that Gideon asks a question. Look at verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told of us? saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Uh, now, I say this kindly, as kindly as I can, but in my opinion, I think this is kind of a foolish question. Uh, Gideon is doing what many of us do when things aren't going well. Uh, Gideon is asking, Why is all of this bad stuff happening? Why is God allowing this to happen? Now, first of all, the answer to this specific situation, this specific question, is for us in the first verse of this chapter. This is all happening because Israel left God. Uh, Israel turned away from God and turned to wickedness. That is exactly why this is happening. It, it, we'll read that in verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites uh, seven years. That is why all of this is happening. Because they left God. If you leave God, you're leaving God's protection as well. Uh, so Gideon wants to know why this is happening. And, and, and we see in verse 1 why it is actually happening. But we also see, um, I like here, God, when he's answering him through this angel... He kind of just skips right over this. He doesn't directly answer this. God gets right to the point of his message. Uh, we, we see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, it says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they do gender strifes. And there's a lot of wisdom to that and a lot of different ways you can apply that uh, in life. Uh, but in Timothy, we actually are told twice to avoid foolish questions. I believe that's exactly what God's doing here. Uh, sometimes it's best to not say anything. Uh, just move on to what's important. God has a point to make here. He wants Gideon to do some work for him. And Gideon asks this question that doesn't really matter all that much. So God just gets to the point of what he wants Gideon to do. And he tells Gideon after that that he wants him to go and save Israel. Then uh, Gideon asks another question in verse 15 after being told to go and save Israel. Uh, look at verse 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Uh, Gideon is saying, who am I to do this big job? But, you know, God has a habit of picking people just like this. Uh, God picked fishermen to be some of his disciples. Uh, God picked shepherds to lead his people. And, you know, most people don't even like shepherds. Uh, but God picked shepherds to lead his people. 
God even used young boys. We talked about one already, one little boy with a lunch to serve him. God has done that on on more than one occasion. Uh, God uses people just like this all the time. We don't need to be anything to be used by God. God can use anyone. Uh, We don't need to be rich. We don't need to be tall. Uh, We don't need to be strong. We don't need to be famous. We just need to be willing. That's the requirement to be used by God. You need to be willing. Uh, Notice uh, God, again, he doesn't address many of the things in Gideon's response. God, again, gets right to the point that he will be with him. God says, I'll be with you. God doesn't address Gideon's family being poor and that Gideon is the least in his family. God says, I will be with you. And that should be enough, right? Uh, That's all we would ever need. If God is with us, then we're good to go. Nothing else really matters. Uh, So Gideon receives this message from God through this angel. He then asks these couple questions. And then what does Gideon do? Well, Gideon then asks for a sign from God. Look at verse 17. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Gideon asked for a sign. And and to be honest with you, I think this is one of the things that comes to my mind first when I think of Gideon. I think of his desire to see signs. Uh, And we'll get to other ones later. Uh, But Gideon, You know, Gideon is a servant of God. He's a man of God. Uh, Gideon is sitting in the presence of one of God's angels, and he is hearing God's message to him. And still, Gideon asks for a sign. Uh, Now, God uses Gideon greatly after this, but I think of all the times that uh, Jesus was pleased with the ones that showed great faith around him. Uh, Jesus was pleased with the lady with the issue of blood. She believed if she just touched the clothes of Jesus, she could be healed. Uh, Jesus was uh, pleased with the lady that was vexed by a devil. Jesus was pleased with the centurion that believed that Jesus could heal his son with only a word. Uh, Jesus was going to go to his house and the guy says, you don't even need to be in my house to heal him. Uh, That guy had such faith that he believed that Jesus could do it just by saying a word. Uh, Jesus was pleased with these. Why was Jesus pleased with these people? Because of their faith. Because of their great faith. Uh, I believe we get opportunities to please God when we are presented with an opportunity to proceed in faith. When you don't fully know the outcome. you, you don't you, you don't know everything for sure, but you proceed in faith. That is when you can please God. Gideon here, I think he missed this. He missed this opportunity. Uh, I, I think of it's similar to Thomas uh, after Jesus rose from the dead. And Thomas wanted to see the holes in Jesus's hands to know for sure that Jesus had risen from the dead. I think they missed an opportunity. Uh, remember, though, that Jesus didn't condemn Thomas for wanting a sign. He didn't say, get away from me. No, Uh, he did say that those who believe without seeing are more blessed, though. Uh, So don't miss an opportunity to please God. If God's put you in a position of proceeding in faith, you have an opportunity there to please God. Uh, So now let's look at what happens next. Uh, Gideon 
uh, has a present here. Gideon has a present. Look at verse 18. We'll start reading in verse 18. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephod of flour and flesh he put in a basket and he poured, put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh of the un- and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon the rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Gideon, he wanted to see a sign from God here. Uh, Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Now, this is a slightly different situation, uh, but one of the things here is is similar. Uh, Look at Matthew 16, verse 4. It says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Uh, We won't go into all the details here, uh, but I I just want to point out, be careful seeking a sign from God. Uh, There's, um, again, first of all, you miss out on an opportunity to proceed in faith and please God that way. Uh, but also just be careful seeking an opportunity or a sign from God. But Gideon here, uh, back in Judges, he asks for a sign and then he goes and pre- prepares a present for God. And this is all with the intention of seeing a sign from God. And this is uh, to see if it's really God's message. And that's kind of the part I want to uh, focus on uh, Gideon's not asking to see a a miracle because he wants to go tell everybody he's seen this cool miracle. Gideon wants to know for sure, without a doubt, that he's speaking with God here. Uh, Now, we need to believe that what God says without having to see a sign. Uh, So what I mean is, if it's in God's word, God said it. We don't need a sign to prove God's word. It's already proven. Uh, So we don't need a sign for that. Uh, So... uh, it's okay, though, to question what man says. Uh, if, if I or any preacher says something, it's absolutely okay and actually probably a really good thing to do to check with God on the matter. Don't just take my word for it. Uh, just because I say something doesn't mean that I'm absolutely right. Uh, we need to check with God on the matter and see what God has to say about it. You cannot go wrong in that case. Uh, we do that by consulting God's written word. If a person, if anyone ever says something that does not line up with what God says in his written word, our Bibles, then we can know for sure that that specific topic, that specific part of the message was not from God. If it does not line up with God's word, 
then it is not from God. God wants us to know what his plan is. And God will also let us know that it is him speaking to us. God does this very thing for Gideon here. And God has given other examples in his word as well. God does not want to confuse us. Uh, this is uh, not helpful. Confusion is not helpful in his work getting done. It's not helpful to our relationship with him. God does not like confusion. Uh, Gideon wants to see a sign here, and then he prepares a present. He presents this present to God's angel, and, and then what happens? God performs a miracle in front of him. God allows Gideon to see the sign, and it was a pretty good one. Uh, God makes fire come from a rock. That would be pretty cool to see. Uh, the angel touches the staff to the present, uh, to the flesh, and then the, the cakes. And God makes fire come out of the rock and burns it all up. That would be really cool to see. Uh, I like seeing God's miracles. I like reading about God's miracles and imagining how it actually happened in, in my head as I'm reading it. I also like seeing God's miracles uh, as he does miracles for us uh, as we serve him. So I want to look at next, though, uh, what is Gideon's reaction? Uh, look at verse 22 again. We'll see Gideon's reaction to this miracle, this sign that is showed to him. And when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Gideon recognizes that it was God. Uh, now, I don't know if you've ever seen any of these videos. Uh, you'll have a guy, he'll be a dad, and uh, he'll have a really big beard, right? And so then he'll have a baby or a toddler, a real young kid, you know, and uh, he'll go away from the kid and he'll shave his face. So he had this big beard all his life, all, all the kid's life or whatever, and then he shaves the beard off, and then he goes to the kid, and the kid screams and yells because he doesn't know it's his dad anymore. He doesn't recognize him without the beard. Uh, so, you know, not being recognized, uh, would we recognize God? Gideon recognized God here when all of this happened. He knew it was God working. Uh, would we recognize God or would we miss it? Do we miss it sometimes? God does so many things for us in our life and we need to make sure that we give him credit for it every time. But how many times do we miss it? Think about all the miracles God has done for you and for me. And, and do we miss that it's God or do we just kind of explain it away? Uh, do we just uh, go on about life and think, oh, that's just a coincidence or that just worked out? Uh, God has done so many miracles for us. We need to make sure we don't miss it. Uh, Gideon didn't miss it. Gideon could have seen this miracle and thought that maybe it was some kind of trick by some random guy uh, just just pretending to be an angel. He could have thought maybe there was a match on the end of his staff uh, or some kind of chemical to make an explosion. Uh, maybe Gideon could have thought it was some kind of scientific experiment. Uh, maybe Gideon could have got his phone out and started looking up ways that this could happen. Uh, but Gideon didn't. Gideon didn't miss it. Gideon seen this and Gideon uh, was looking and he saw God and, and, and he was seeing God because he was looking to find God. I think sometimes we miss it because we're not looking for God. Uh, God could perform a miracle in our life 
and we could miss it because we're too focused on something else. I think of when I'm driving. Now, when I drive, I most of the time like to look right in front of me, you know, focus on what's ahead of you. Uh, you know, I check my mirrors and all that kind of stuff, too. Uh, but I like to see the people in front of me because you just never know they're going to slam on their brakes kind of thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking ahead. Uh, and then I'll have my uh, you know, wife sitting next to me and she'll be like, oh, did you see that over there? And sometimes she gets a little upset that I didn't see it. I think, well, I'm driving here, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to focus, you know, so things could go by and I'll just miss it because I wasn't looking over there. On the other hand, uh, you know, my wife likes to drive like this sometimes, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey, red light, you know, kind of thing or whatever. And uh, so she's missing rights in front of her, but she's catching all, you know, that dog over there in the yard, you know kind of thing. But where you're looking, where your focus is, that's what you're going to see. We need to keep our eyes on God. We need to expect God to work in our lives. So let's not miss it. Gideon did miss one thing, though, that we talked about tonight. Gideon missed an opportunity to please God with his faith. Uh, Jesus was surrounded by people that loved him, people that believed him, people that served with him. Uh, Jesus did many miracles in front of his disciples. He even gave them power to do some miracles. Uh, but Jesus says in Luke 7, 9, he says, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. But he wasn't talking to his disciples. Uh, he wasn't talking to his followers there. Jesus was talking to the centurion man, the, the one that believed that Jesus could heal without even being there. That's who Jesus was talking about. The disciples uh, were standing right there when Jesus said this. Uh, they didn't have that kind of faith at that moment. Let's be careful uh, not to be the ones that are around Jesus that miss an opportunity to have this much faith. Uh, this, uh, the disciples loved Jesus, and I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they, 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 you know, they didn't love Jesus. They served Jesus with their whole life. They were willing to die for Jesus, but they missed an opportunity to have great faith like that centurion man did. My desire is that we all have this great faith. Gideon also recognized God's work. We need to make sure that we are focused on God and his work. Uh, this way, we will never miss when God is working. Uh, God is working in this church right now. Uh, God has been really blessing this church. God has been hard at work for us. Uh, we can't miss it unless our eyes are closed, unless we're looking somewhere else. We need to recognize that God is working. Just in the last few weeks alone, God has done so many great things. God has added five new members to the church. Uh, praise God for that. We've had visitors in almost every service over the last few weeks. Praise God for that. Uh, God even doubled our VBS attendance this year. God saved souls this year. God sold our building in just a couple days. It's just amazing what God can do. Uh, we didn't think that was going to happen. We couldn't make that happen. Our realtor didn't even think it could happen. But God was sitting there saying, Think what you want, but I'm going to make it happen. God did a miracle. God is doing great thing. God is doing great works here for us. God is working. Don't miss it. Keep focused on God. Keep your eyes on God. Don't miss it. Let's pray.